Hey guys, today I talked to Mary Heffernan, owner of Five Mary's Farms, where we hear about her and her husband's complete 180 from big city living to full-time ranching with their four daughters. Tune in. This is Eric with Bucket Talk, your host of the Down to Business show. I sit down with owners, operators, and executives of successful businesses in the trades, ranging from one-man operators to large-scale employers. We peek behind the curtain on what it's like, from taking the leap and starting out to climbing to the top of a larger company. Hey guys, Eric here with this week's episode of Down to Business with Mary owner of Five Mary's Farm. Mary, first and foremost, just want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and day to uh, to sit down with us and talk about all things uh, life and uh, what you've built with Five Mary's Farm. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me today. So before we get into everything you've got going on in, in your world, take us as far back as you're comfortable with of who the first of five Marys was, where you grew up, how you came to be, and then we'll eventually get to, to current life and, and the current business. My husband and I started cattle ranching seven years ago. We left a uh, busy life in Silicon Valley that was a total uh, 180 from um, the life that we're living now. We were kind of in the hustle and bustle of um, entrepreneurship, uh, corporate world. My husband was a lawyer. We were pretty busy down there. We had all four of our daughters and we were on the hunt for really good quality meat. Some of the businesses that we had were restaurants and we loved sourcing from small family farms, you know, that had a good story. We're raising ethical meat um, with a great product and we just couldn't find what we wanted in a year round supply. You know, it's really hard for ranchers and farmers to change what they're doing to accommodate what somebody else wants. And most people are raising animals for harvest once a year or for the commercial market. And we knew we wanted really specific things for a super high quality end result. We're big food people. We love steak. We love good meat. And um, through a lot of research, we found we really wanted uh, a barley finish. We wanted cattle with great genetics. We wanted black Angus. We wanted a dry age, a 21 to 28 day dry age at the end to really come up with uh, beautiful meat every time. And we kind of naively thought, you know, we can't find anybody doing what we want. So let's just do this ourselves. We bought a cattle ranch. We started ranching my, uh, so question, hold on, let me pause you right there. So yeah. you guys make this crazy decision to buy this cattle ranch prior to that. You're in one of the busiest cities in the country. How, how did that, how crazy was that decision and thought process and all, all that stuff? You know, we say that it was the easiest decision we've ever made. It just was not easy to unwind one life and start another. We thought we would do it part-time and we were coming up here on the weekends. We had four little girls in four car seats and, you know, it, it just, it, it kind of showed us a different lifestyle that we weren't exactly looking for, but once we were here and living it, we realized how much we wanted this for our kids um, for ourselves, you know, the dissatisfaction of a hard day's work and purposefully working together as a family to raise really great quality livestock to share with others was just really eye-opening in terms of something that we wanted to do for the rest of our lives. And we didn't want somebody else to be the ones raising these animals. Uh, nobody was going to do it the way we wanted it done. We quickly found that out, you know, helps hard to find. We had to be the ones doing it. So it was 
on one of those car rides back to the Bay Area after eight weekends of, of working on the ranch that we kind of looked at each other like, you know, we're leaving what feels like home. And why are we why are we trying to do both of these things and not doing either one really well? We need to commit and decide which one we're going to do. Yeah. And it wasn't even question. We knew we wanted to live here in a you know rural town of 600. We wanted to raise our girls on the ranch. So we made the decision very easily. And then we kind of had to figure out how to make it happen logistically. You know, we, we sold our house that we'd worked so hard for. We, uh, my husband gave his law practice to a friend. We sold our businesses. And after a couple months, we found ourselves, you know, stepping out of the car onto the ranch for good that time. And um, it was a huge change, but it really always felt like the right thing to do. Wow. Wow. And then, so you've done, you did this a while ago, but I feel like what's funny is now that, co, you know, co, everything with COVID, like you ran the play that a lot of people are like, I want to do that now. Right. Which is like, oh, I can't live in the city what were some of the hardest transitions of, you know, and I, and I have a, you know, I have a three-year-old boy and a, and a two-week-old boy, actually. And, oh, you know, congrats. the dream would be, thank you, thank you. And and we all want to talk about your formularies in a bit. <laughs> but what was the transition going from, right, the Bay Area, you know, school, like, was it making sure the girls are, you know, school, educate, you know, obviously you went from inner city, all this, everything at your fingertips to nothing at your fingertips. What were some of the biggest challenges that you were probably questioning of like, this might be the reason we can't do it, but here's how we kind of solved it. Our kids were young, which was helpful. It wasn't a huge change. We weren't uprooting them from their lives. Our oldest had just finished kindergarten and they loved what the ranch offered, you know, baby animals and running around barefoot and getting horses. And so for us, I think that was a big part of our decision to jump and jump quickly was that our kids were still so young. We wouldn't kind of find ourselves feeling like trapped in a life that we'd created and, and pulling our kids out of it. Um, when we bought this ranch, we didn't look at what are the schools like? What's the community like? All the things you should look at if you're going to move somewhere. Okay. They weren't really a priority for us because we honestly did not think that we would totally change our lives and move here full time. We just got very lucky that we moved into a really fantastic community with great schools, great people. Um, you know, it's hard to move to a small town. People don't always like newcomers coming to a small town or a rural area. Um, and we were aware of that and made sure to, you know, tread lightly and not make waves as the city people coming in and, you know, an ex-lawyer and every strike against us. But um, we're, we're lucky that we found a great community. And, you know, advice for other people looking to do it is you just kind of have to jump. You know, you can't overthink it. Um, every scenario, every place has its positives and negatives, but really, you know, the, what you gain as a family by kind of getting rid of a lot of the extra curricular activities and the extra distractions, um, is so worth it at the end, no matter what your scenario, I think in our, you know, very suburban lives, we were wrapped up in bounce house birthday parties and dinner parties and, you know, going to the gym or getting your hair done, getting your nails done. And now, you know, on the ranch, people are always like, how do you get so much done in a day? It's like, well, I don't have any of those distractions. You know, the kids see their friends, but it's when we're all branding together or we're working together, you know, it eliminates a lot of the, the daily things that have kind of started to consume our life down there. Um, that we didn't realize were bad. You know, we enjoyed hanging out with our friends and, and going to dinner parties. But when you, when you really break it down to your family and purposeful living, there's a lot more satisfaction in that. 
Yep, I love it. Okay, and so I want to get to current status really quick, but I have one more question because you've done the unusual thing, which is you bridge the gap of like modern, most extreme, big city living to ranch. Uh, do you still have contact relationships with the old people, right? From the dinner parties to the kid stuff. Now you're on the ranch or do they come visit you and like, oh, this is a fun weekend. And you're like, well, this is our life. But like, that's kind of cute. Or is it kind of like, you know what? They've gone their way. You've gone your way and, and you're happy with that. And that's fine. No, we, we still keep in touch with a lot of people. And what we found was really neat was kind of getting to know people on a deeper level when you are kind of living and working together. You know, in the past, you, you'd meet for dinner and kind of talk about, you know, the surface stuff and small talk and family and school. And there's nothing wrong with that. But some of, you know, the people that we kept in touch with were the kind of tried and true friends that would make the trek six hours north and you know, sleep in an old 1858 bunkhouse and get up in the morning in the cold or in the, you know, heat of the summer and, and work with us all day and cook meals together as a family and collect the eggs and, you know, show their kids that we were cooking with the food that we were raising, having a cocktail together at the end of the night around the campfire. And those kind of relationships and experiences with people that you're close to are just so much more meaningful. You know, it really kind of showed us who, who our friends were that were wanted to really be a part of what we were doing and, and excited about, about coming up and experiencing it with us. And that was, that was really neat and unexpected. It almost kind of naturally weeded out who were your real friends and who were like the surface level friends. So give us an overview if you wouldn't mind. Uh, so, you know, I, I was scrolling through social Instagram. You guys, seems like you guys have a lot going on from the different types of animals to all the land and everything. What's the high level, right? right Five Mary's farm is its own ranch. But is there a core thesis to the business? Is it is it livestock? You know, uh, what's the and how and it may be. Hey, there's actually twenty different things we do, and they all actually are very important to keep the whole thing afloat. Or is there really a core thesis to Five Mary's Farm that does eighty percent of the business, and everything else is on the fringe? So our our core business is raising great quality meat, and we yep. uh, that will always be our mission. You know, we are committed to that. Um, it's why we started, it's what we're most proud of, but what we found is kind of, you know, we've created a brand in five Mary's around that with our, my cookbook, our, you know, recipe blogs. We opened a restaurant in town after we swore we'd never do a restaurant again. (laughs) There was an opportunity to buy kind of the the town, the historic bar in town and, and turn it into a, um, a new and thriving restaurant. We have a farm store where we ship all our meat, which is you know, a really important part of raising it is getting it to our customers. We do summer retreats in the, in the, um, up at a camp area that we built where we've got outdoor, you know, glamping style tents and a beautiful outdoor kitchen so that we can invite people to experience, you know, what we do at five Mary's and kind of feel connected to where their meat comes from. Um, we have a ranch school, an online virtual learning platform for kids to learn more about agriculture, to jump into, weekly lessons on everything from raising livestock to welding and building, um, gardening, homesteading, canning, kind of all, all of the skills that our kids are lucky to learn out here. We're trying to, to reach kids in um, suburban areas, you know, anywhere to share that with them. So we, we always have a lot going on. We've also started a, an entrepreneur's group called M5 Entrepreneurs. Um, that's a small business course that helps other 
farms and ranches, mostly in agriculture. Um, we have businesses in almost every field, but we really focus the community on helping people in agriculture to start their own businesses and find out, you know, ways to reach direct to consumer sales, to build a website, to pivot and, you know, think of different ways to find income from a family farm as succession and and generational um, planning gets harder and harder in agriculture. So we do a lot. Brian and I have always kind of had a lot of irons in the fire. We're go big or go home people. The one thing that we're missing from our whole kind of vertical integration here is the butchering, the slaughterhouse and the cut and wrap. We outsource that to a USDA butcher. We've worked with a bunch of different small um, family run butcher shops, but you know, nobody cares about your product like you do. And that's our next big step. Um, We just got our permits approved. We've been engineering and designing for four years, um, our own butchery where we'll be able to, you know, cut our prime ribs just how we want them, wrap our roast just like we want them, cut, you know, thick cut our pork chops and really have craft butchery um, added to the list of what we do. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, okay. So you, so you're, it sounds like you're on the final step of completing like the full circle of, from literally like raising, you know, raising them to the finished product. And so when you finish that, so obviously that's, that's probably pressing, but you know, the biggest thing for all these folks that own these businesses is there's always usually like one or two things that keep them up at night. And it sounds like that might, what is the bit, you know, and it sounds like you guys have a lot going good and well, which is not always the case, especially with everything going on in the world right now. But outside of closing the gap of the full vertically integration, what are the biggest things that keep you up, you and Brian up at night of, Hey, you know, wow, we can't get it. We can't get enough cattle. The cattle's not good enough. You know, what are the big things that you're, that really get you guys sweating and saying, all right, we need to tackle that next after we, after we close this gap. You know, ranching is, is hard. Every day is hard. There's obstacles that you can't predict. Um, you're working with live animals, you know, there, there's so many variables that you have to be able to really think on your feet and, and problem solve. And, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. If you, if you are down because something goes wrong, you should probably not get into agriculture because it's probably going to happen every day, but you know, you, you have to just be willing to push through and it's a lot of thinking, you know, Brian, my husband says ranchers are some of the smartest people he's ever met. Um, but it's also a lot of just manual labor and grunt work. And, you know, my husband's out, at, his alarm goes off at four fifteen every morning and he's out before daylight. Um, it's been pouring rain here. It's muddy. We don't stop until well after dark, you know, the days start with a headlamp and end with a headlamp and your to-do list is always long. There's, there's just so many variables between breeding the animals, feeding the animals. Well, you know, we work with a nutritionist to make sure that our Feed rations are exactly what our animals need. We always have mineral out for them, making sure the waters are all working and that, um, you know, your, your troughs aren't frozen or the pipes aren't breaking in the summer. And there's so many aspects to just raising the animals. And then when you add in finishing the animals and getting a product to a consumer with packaging and storage and cold storage and boxes, um, you know, UPS delays, FedEx delays, getting dry ice, they're are a million things that could go wrong every day and a few of them tend to, but, um, you, you really just have to be willing to, uh, you know, put your boots on and keep going. Um, 
even when things get pretty tough. Love it. Love it. Okay. So it sounds like you guys have made a switch from big city, obviously, and you guys are, and you're, you're doing it and you're doing it successfully. What, um, when it comes to, you know, there's two big things that come to mind, which is as big of an operation. It sounds like you guys having have going on. And this is me assuming I have literally no idea. It sounds like in any business, right? People are the most important part. And it's only like you and your husband are probably the spear, you know, tip of the spear that are driving that. How many, how many folks on a daily basis do you guys depend on from, from staff and partners and relationships and, and how do people in general and the relationships with, right. And, and especially in the trades, some people like to keep their heads down and not really develop relationships, but how does that come into play in the business you're in, which it sounds like relationships are kind of critical, at least to, even the front end of the business and potentially even the back end, which I don't, I don't fully understand. Yeah, they, you know, it's a good point. And we have been lucky, um, to learn from a lot of really smart people in the industry. We have, like I said, the nutritionist who works for us. We have people who help us with our irrigation and our pivots, um, with our feed ration, with, you know, our, our livestock. And those relationships are critical to, you know, pushing forward and making sure that you're putting your best product out there. Um, you know, you can put cows on grass and, and hope they grow and you definitely won't have the product you're looking for. There's, there's a science behind it and there's a lot of extra inputs and resources that go into raising a really high quality product. But on the ranch, it's really hard to find help. It's hard to find people who want to, you know, put their head down and do the work. I think it, it sounds sexy or cool to, you know, work on a cattle ranch and, um, and it's not, it's a lot of hard work. And so we've always struggled with finding help that, that sticks around. Um, so really it's my husband and I, and our four girls on the ranch, um, every day, seven days a week, we've got, um, a great mechanic who helps us out. He's a retired fellow who can fix anything. So he's a huge help to us. And we've got some high school boys who help my husband in the afternoons after school that we have a great relationship with and um, are out there rodeoing with my girls. But we don't really have consistent help on the ranch. We've got a great staff in our restaurant. We've got a great group in my farm store helping to keep the wheels on the bus with everything else we have going on. But out on the ranch, it's, it's really a family operation. If you're comfortable with it, can you give us a quick backstory? Five Marys, four girls. Uh, my wife is jealous. We have two boys and I said, we'd be done after two. She wants to go for three. I said, we have three boys. That's a problem. So give us the quick story of five Marys and how, how that all came to be. If you don't mind. Yeah. So, um, my name's Mary. I'm named after my great grandmother and Brian and I both had strong Marys on both sides of our family between grandmothers and aunts. Um, and our first daughter, we named Mary Francis after Brian's grandmother, um, she goes by Francie. And then our next was a girl. They were all surprises when they were born. Um, and we named her Mary Marjorie after my grandmother. And we kind of assumed we'd just have boys after that. But um, the girls kept coming. So <laughs> we couldn't really change course after we'd done two. Um, but luckily, we had lots of other options to choose from. So Mary Jane um, is named after my dad's mom. And she goes by JJ. And Mary Teresa, named after my aunts, are, um, and she goes by Tessa. Got it. Got it. And is the plan long term? Are you going to let them decide, hey, do we want to stay ranch life or do we want to go to the, you know, off to school and city or what's what's kind of your thinking there in terms of direction or is it let that let them figure out their own direction? Yeah, you know, we are happy to, you know, give them a good 
jumping off point and see what they want to do in life. And, um, I, they love branching and they love the lifestyle and, um, rodeo and horses. And so I'm sure some of them will probably stay in, in some aspect of it, but some of them might do something totally different and, um, and we'll be happy with whatever path they choose. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. And then, so, so just to, uh, so tell me if I'm off base, but it sounds like, so you guys obviously come from the city, ha- had a pretty sophisticated start to getting into the ranch life, which is a unique and different approach to getting into it. But what's unique about you is you guys invest and understand in the front end brand, which is probably the part that most people who know how to ranch, who know how to work hard, who know how to get up early, stay late, actually miss, which is something that most folks don't emphasize it, you know, emphasize enough, which is. You can have a great product, you can have a great infrastructure, supply chain, but if you don't create a brand or a, a marketing platform for whatever it is, whatever, you know, whether it's the meat or produce or product, you need to let people know about it. And it seems like that's where what you and your husband have done is you guys are, are really strong on that front and you guys are filling in the back end side of it and, and focused on quality. Once those two things come together, you kind of have the full kind of full spectrum of the left and the right side of the equation. We are excited to, you know, finally have this butcher shop built, which should happen in the next year and really be vertically integrated. Our whole process and our product quality from start to finish, we've always, you know, been really adamant that um, it has to be awesome and it can't have awesome and cheap. So our, our product right. is, is not going to be for everybody. We, we raise a really high quality product and our prices reflect that, but we find the customers who appreciate that and um, who love our meat. You know, we have so many people that tell us <clears throat> they've eaten at the finest steakhouses in the country and they've never had meat like our meat. And uh, that's, like that's that. so rewarding. But there's there's so much that goes into that and to making sure that's the case with every single package that we're sending out. Love that. Love that. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So this is super helpful. I think I've got a good picture of where you guys are fitting this world. Um, and before, so we always end with two very more personal questions that get us to know you less so business focused. But before I get into that, I'm a fanatic myself personally because I'm I'm a I'm a uh, rancher fan from afar. But give me your high-level take on anything to do with Yellowstone, because it's my favorite TV show on TV ever since Billions. <laughs> and you guys happen to fall into, like, the perfect timing of the, the mo- one of the biggest TV shows ever and happen to be living kind of the actual real version of it. How often I know. does that come, come up in your world? More and more, and more often. Especially <laughs> with, you know, we brand our boxes, we brand our cattle, and there's a lot of jokes about uh, branding our staff. I, I probably probably have better luck if we Yellowstoned it and went to the prison yard to find help for the ranch. But um, right. we, I have watched the show. Um, I tried to get my husband to watch an episode with me, and it was unfortunately the most far off episode of the whole show, where they drop clover alfalfa from the plane and it kills all their cattle, and like that chances of that happening are like absolutely zero. So he gave up on it after that, which I got think it. Other than that, a lot of it is, you know, fairly accurate. They're they've got a pretty big operation without a lot of head of cattle uh, out there. But um, I think it it does kind of shed light on um, on the culture and the lifestyle of of ranching and livestock without the drama and the killing. We're, we're pretty boring people. Here. Um, the Yellowstone cast of characters. I love it. I love it. So it's meant for the 
it's actually more appealing to the non-rancher, the, the people that are really doing the work about like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone else is like, oh my God, that's amazing. All right. Got to follow. Yeah. I, it, uh, it's entertaining. I think they do a good job of kind of balancing it. Um, I know my brother-in-law who's a sixth generation cattle rancher. He, he enjoys watching it. So, uh, he might, maybe he'll get my husband to, to, uh, turn him, turn around and watch one of the full episodes. Okay. And then the first of the last two questions. So to get to know Mary, so if you could spend 30 minutes with anyone in the world, living, deceased, past, present, celebrity, unattainable, whatever, who would it be and why? Hmm, that's a great question. I, I think my celebrity, like would love to meet currently would be Mike Rowe. I think he's like fascinating and just his he has such a great take on what we need in this world to get, you know, people back in trades and kids working. And he's just a model for um, hard work pays off. And I, I think everybody could use a little more of that these days. And then the last question. So when you or you and your husband are able to unwind from the ranch, which sounds like probably never, especially with 415 wake ups and headlamps at night, but in the weird circumstance, we're able to take a few hours off on a Saturday or a Sunday when you guys are able to unwind and forget ranch life, if ever, what is your release? We find a lot of ways to enjoy just the, the time that we're on the ranch. It's not all just, you know, the grind. Um, and we usually grab a, a chore beer or a cocktail together at the end of the day and, and make the rounds doing the final chores. And then if we um, finish up, you know, we built this beautiful outdoor kitchen up with a view of our ranch and the whole valley. Um, and we'll, we'll make a, a bourbon cocktail and kick our feet up there until the sun goes down. And, and that, that's pretty much our, our favorite thing to do. Sounds like I'm going to have to come out to the ranch at some point, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully in 2021, if the, the smoke clears from what we're dealing with right now. But thank you so much for taking the time and, um, and talking to us all about all things ranching and what it takes to, to, to do it and survive it. And not to mention, you guys have a unique, you guys have a very unique way into it and how you got into it, which is what a lot of the world's thinking about these days, but uh, a lot of people could make a very bad decision of saying, oh, that sounds cool. You know, I watched Yellowstone two episodes. I want to I want to go on a ranch. And it's like, well, do you really want to wake up at 415 every morning and work till dusk? And so and, and this is super exciting and to hear, especially about uh, as you guys are bringing the full circle of the business to fruition, which which I'm going to definitely have to sample some of uh, some of the product you guys are bringing to market based on how, the quality, it sounds like. And so. Just one one thank you for telling your story, sharing more about Five Mary's Farm, about your family, about your husband, and um, and opening up a little bit behind the uh, the curtains to what it's like to, to to do this full time. That sounds great. For any young folks or the listeners out there that are contemplating the idea of either getting into ranching or what that entails, um, you know, feel free to reach out directly to to, to Mary and uh, and family directly and get the real stake on on what it takes to, to do it and like i said thanks again so much we know you guys are slammed and busy and uh we appreciate it mary no problem great to chat